In a world full of movie podcasts, here is one more. Welcome to Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly and Andrew Fiore. The time has come again. A champion must Everybody, and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Defend Your Movie. The Defenders, how are you? I am one of your hosts, Sean Donnelly, joined by my consummate co-host. Is consummate a right word? For that? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. When you... think consummate professional, I think. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was when we consummate my, something. My professional co-host, Andrew Fiore, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hello, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see you. I hope you had happy Thanksgiving. I did. I had an unorthodox Thanksgiving. I had, I'll tell you super quick, we went, Wednesday, we had that Thanksgiving with my sister, my whole, like, immediate family, right? And we went to a restaurant because my mom, my one sister didn't want my mom to cook. So then Thursday, we also went to a restaurant uh, at my Aunt Mary's in Brooklyn, like, we went to Bay Ridge. Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary, give us a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to this restaurant um, called Hunter's in, in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And it's really good, but they have the choice of steak on the menu. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get steak. And my mom was like, you're not going to get turkey? Like, she got, like, mad at yeah, me. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, they have the choice of steak. When am I going to get an opportunity to get not to have turkey right. on Thanksgiving? I'm not a huge... I Once you have Hill Country yeah. smoked turkey, it's so good. Right. Not many regular Thanksgiving turkeys match up to that turkey. Yeah, and here's the thing. Turkey is also very easily fucked up. Absolutely. You get a little bit of dry turkey. I mean, it's just the worst thing. A turkey is the worst thing on the plate. It's the stuffings. It's the mashed potatoes. That's why people love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also, like, you can't say anything. So when the turkey's dry, you can't be like... I know. And, like, and that's just main, That's just basically being polite. But I'm just saying, like, how many times you had dry turkey and you're like, I don't want to eat this freaking dry turkey, but I have to. You're right. It's kind of like, it's just like the filler of the meal. So yeah. if you could get steak and stuffing and mashed potatoes, 10 out of 10, I'm going for that dish. That's what I got. I got a, ba- I got a baked potato. Baked potato, steak, and uh, whatever. I think they had some green beans or something. Whatever it was. All right. And uh, and I, I, it was great. It was a filet. It was they cooked it properly. Yeah. So uh, you know, I was I was totally fine with my decision. Absolutely. I wasn't. I didn't get nostalgic. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say, "Oh my god, no. I'm, I'm missing out on something." I've had forty one forty turkeys. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. I can do. I can deal with. Not having one turkey because next year we'll probably be back somewhere for you know yeah and somebody will make a possibly a crappy turkey possibly not yeah what did you do you were in Jersey I was at Jersey uh, at my parents' house it was nice it was just me and my mom and dad this year both the oh right the both sisters the bookends yeah. of the sisters were are in different parts of the country so they're gonna come home for Christmas but it was super low key and here's the good thing about the turkey we had my mom didn't cook a bird she just got like a little breast. And that is very easy to cook. It stayed moist. It was good. She See, got this little thing. thing. It had this little... She made it with this little prosciutto inside. And it oh, was yeah? good. So I literally had turkey. Oh, so the, the Italian and the Fiori oh, house is yeah, coming yeah. out. <laughs> Absolutely, bud. And uh, yeah, my mom makes a... It's her grandmother's recipe from her grandmother's mashed potatoes recipe. Mashed potato recipe passed down through the, the women it, throughout. The, like a phenomenal mashed potatoes. It's so good. It's just 
butter and yeah, heavy yeah. cream That's and mashed we, potatoes. My favorite meal of all time, which we have every so often, is my dad had a recipe from when he worked as a cook of roast beef with like roasted potatoes around the meat. And I think there's literally a pound of butter <laughs> in it. That's what it is. If you add butter yeah. to stuff, it makes it amazing. 100%. So that's my favorite meal because of the butter. So I can imagine how good the freaking so mashed good. And she, it, like, it's a little, that crispy burnt on the top. So it's a little crunchy. It's so good. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. It's the best. But it was nice. And then uh, I actually ran out to uh, the old, our old haunt, the comedy cellar that night. I was uh, in town. I had, I, you know, we eat early at my at the Fiori. We eat at like 4 p.m. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I'm only 45 minutes away from the city, so I put in for it and uh, had a little spot. Basically, had a second dinner there. Liz and the good people at the cellar, they have uh, a Thanksgiving feast for all the comics without homes. How was the food there? And it was great. I actually had some ham there. But best ham I've ever had in my life. Really? Yes. They get catered, probably. I'm guessing. Uh, I think a lot of the guys in the kitchen did the cooking. Really? This Shawnee was the best ham I've ever had, and here's why: our pal and yours, Liz Furiati, who was also the GM of the cellar, is not a turkey person. She goes, so I like ham, so I get my ham. So she knows she does it right. She makes sure it's good. It was phenomenal. I was eating it like a. I was holding a softball. <laughs> I was just eating. Yeah, like, I was eating it like an apple. Yeah, and it's and that's another thing about that's another trick. You see, Thanksgiving is the is the land of tricky meals because ham yeah. the same way. You ever have exactly. a ham that comes in that can thing when you're a kid? Like it's like the can ham. Pro, can ham. It's like a processed ham. It's yeah. so it's not good. No, you almost feel like you're eating human being. Like you. <laughs> It's how I imagine human being tasting. I don't have any favorite reference, but it's like gross. There's there's gross ham, and then there's like 100%. good roasted totally. ham where like this you get the skin that. on the ham. Yeah, yeah, Whoa, I can baby. imagine. I would have had it. Definitely. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Yeah, no, no, I'm starving. That's Ron Bennington. But no, uh, so yeah, we hope you guys had a nice Thanksgiving last. We took the week off. We hope that's okay. We know we hate to miss an episode, but it's the holidays and it's a tough time of year for everybody. Everybody's traveling. Yes. We don't have to explain it to you. I know the defenders understand. That being said, Sean. We're getting into that holiday season, and what better city? Yes, but did you want to talk about the other thing first? Oh, yeah. Now, I do you totally want, forgot I was going to do, do a nice introduction. I think it's, it's the newest uh, episode back. I think a right. lot of Defenders have probably watched this Absolutely. because of how accessible it is and what we're talking about. It's also... Uh, of course. Um, came out the day before Thanksgiving, Yeah, too. which is very smart, so I'm sure I got tons of On watches. Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, the Irishman. Correct. And I'm, I, I, we haven't even talked... Usually, we shoot messages back and forth, what do you think, or a phone call, whatever it is. I haven't seen you in a little bit. Uh, I don't even know what you think. So, what did you think overall? We don't have to spend too much time on this, but I, I would, I wouldn't mind because of yeah, how, yeah. how we were dying to see it. You know? Absolutely. I. Sorry. Oh, let, oh, sorry. I'm let our buddy oh. get out of the room first. <laughs> uh, without ruining anything, um, I loved it. I really did enjoy it. It's long, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Um, my, the CGI de aging threw me off the very first time you saw it. I noticed it. And then there was like one other. I think we all have that little uh, when De Niro goes to like beat on the guy from the marketplace. Yes, that was brutal. Brutal. That was brutal to watch. Get a stunt double in there. You don't got to use De Niro for the actual 
physical beat down yeah. the guy because it looks like an old man uh, yes coming up to with beat it, a guy. With, it, with, it, with it middle-aged man's face yeah it looks like a 70 year old beating the exactly guy. They, you're right they could have had it for, shot from the back of his head okay stunt double yes yeah, that's what i'm saying no if no, no. You're using all this crazy facial technology nobody would ever know that's what i'm saying i'm saying get a stunt double yeah. to, to beat the guy up because so, the angle was from across the street or something it was like not even yeah close. Yeah, yeah it was like a wide, it was a shot, wide right. shot yeah um, but I loved it. I loved the story. I love Jimmy Hoffa lore. I love mafia stuff, as we all know. I mean, it was great. I love that time frame, that time period. I like how it uh, it, it spans several decades. Uh, my only those the very first time you saw De Niro in the truck, I went, ah, "That looks a little weird." But it did not bother me, and I didn't really wreck. It didn't throw me it off. Didn't ruin the, the movie meal. for you. And I loved Pesci. I loved Pacino. Uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Vaughn, I think Tony Pro's name is in real life. Stephen Vaughn or Stephen Graham, maybe. Yeah, he's the key played Capone in Boardwalk he's Empire. He's English and he's he's, he's also in, uh, he was in Snatch. Snatch. He's Tommy in Snatch. Yeah, yeah. he's a great actor. He's man. a great actor. He was so good. It had a great surrounding cast. Like all the comics were fun to see. Ray Romano is fantastic. Ray Romano's a good actor, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a, a very good, good actor. actor. Yep. When he got away from Everybody Loves Raymond, he did like Men of a Certain Age. And other little cameos. He's a he went, very like, strong the quality actor. acting route exactly because like, he got he, because he now he just picks and chooses what he wants to yeah, do. Yeah, totally. Like that guy doesn't have to work. Like you know, like it's but so he gets to do stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, and he does a great job. He's perfectly cast. Norton was great as Rickles. Yeah. Sebastian was very good as Crazy Joe Gallo. Um, but but overall, yeah. I mean, it, like. It, not that much needs to be said. I was like, "What else did you guys want?" It was great. I loved everything. It was yeah. It was these guys making a picture for themselves. Now that they're older, it was like that perfect vehicle for them for all of those everybody involved. That's what I wanted to say. So when it comes to, the, I have a couple of comments. The three and a half hour thing. If you're mad about that, then don't freaking watch it. Yeah. First of all, the other thing is this. I think it was Scorsese's way. The reason why and it was so like long. It's like three ten. It didn't. Doesn't yeah, take yeah, up yeah, the, yeah. The, the reason I think the reason why the Scorsese is basically saying, "Hey guys, this is almost. This is done. This is like. Yeah. This will never happen again. <laughs> yeah. And all like the point of the movie, like the point of the and the ending of the, the third act of the movie is one of the saddest things you'll see. And uh, it's just about like it's <laughs> like my dad when he was alive used to say all the time, "It's all bullshit." That's basically the point of the movie. Like, right. Right. The end right. of the movie, you're like, none of it mattered. It's like that kind of yeah. thing where you're like, oh my god, you know this these guys. It doesn't matter what they do because at the end of their life, like they're just alone and. But I, so so uh, that was an interesting point, though. I loved how the guy, how uh, Frank Irish, De Niro's character, would still not cop out to anything, nor would he give the preset. He, you could tell he was like kind of try and be, get a little redemption, you know. But he, the priest he was, was like, "Do you feel remorse?" And he was like, "Nah, nah, yeah." But you could well, tell he was trying. But he was like, "I'm still being honest. I still generally don't." You apparently, know? the case with him is that when he was in the war and they show it in the movie and he had to kill Nazis right, right. and the real life thing is that he t- was turned off so he basically the war, what they're implying is that the war turned him into a sociopath yeah, like yeah. not a sociopath because like, I think he had to be but born like that a, way like but, emotionless yeah, mo- yeah just, just no emotion whatsoever and uh, so I'm talking generally about the movie I'm talking generally about the movie and uh, and so my, my point being is that if you're you can't like the Acting was unbelievable, but I mean, like, you can't get, like, the way, it was like this epic thing. My main point is that people wanted a Goodfellas too. It's not that. Right. Don't expect that going into it. Do, do, do I love Goodfellas? I love Goodfellas. Do I like Casino? I, I like Casino a lot. But there you go. You Casino had that. Casino was Goodfellas too. 
Casino's good fellas too. Exactly. So when with this when this comes to this, it was more epic. It was more it was it was him dealing with I think all of their own like I think it bled into the real world because I think he was kind of saying like we're all gonna die like it's we're all gonna die you know yeah, what I'm saying it like in, it's very the third act's very sad like it's it's just one of those things where uh, it it's way more it's slower and you have to just kind of. Immerse yourself in it. You can't just be like, "Hey, I want this Bing Bang mob movie." Right. It, That's no, not it happening. Was, uh, I hate the phrase "character study," but it really was. It was Frank Sheeran's movie about. Uh, I, also I mean, think he had to. I think they're implying that he had to kill his best friend. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's just, yeah. So yeah, right. Exactly. It I think was Pe- about I think and like the whole the thing best. with the daughter. It's just like he didn't care. He was just like, I, this is who I no, am. No, he did care. That was the point. At the, end, right, of the, at the yeah. end, he did. You're right. You're right. I think he that was it was building up to that. But I was that like when he, even when he was talking to the priest, he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel. No, anything. he has no no remorse whatsoever. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that I think uh, I think Pesci Pesci's so interesting, man. Pesci was because great because he's so good in this. The guy is so subtly a, good, so subtly good. And the guy doesn't like acting, apparently. I heard it was a real... Yeah. A, a, listen, somebody was talking about this thing about how his parents forced him to be like a, a child star when he was a kid and, and perform and all this. And he was really into... He was into uh, crooning more than he was in... That's why he did that album. I know. It's, I know. And, and that album was... And that's... Somebody, somebody told... I forget who it was. Somebody we both know told me that's why... He kind of slowed down on acting because the reviews for the album were so they panned it so hardcore right, right, right. that he kind of he kind of you know went off into the <laughs> sunset a little bit because <laughs> he was like not nah, he just he's like well I'm like acting anyway so if I'm not going to sing I guess he was like I'll just retire basically yeah and I think he, I heard that he had to be asked like fifty times like yeah. to do this movie yeah. like he did not want to do it by at Scorsese all. himself by Scorsese himself and he was, was I, he kept saying no. The guy is so good. The, the, him in the last act when they're older in the movie is awesome. He's awesome. It's phenomenal. It's so it's worth watching just for that. I don't know how he doesn't win supporting actor. He probably will. He probably will. I think it I think it also I think it, it basically exemplified how much he's a better actor than both of them now at this point. Like he still has yeah, he, was, he still has it. He still himself. He played the character perfectly. It was such a sweet guy but also ruthless and yeah. also in that no matter what no, no matter who gets in the way the mafia we're going to have our way and we're going to protect everything we've built no matter what and no right. matter who it affects if it's not us right like and he played that perfectly and also you know there's a whole thing behind the book the book that that was that um that inspired the movie was I Heard You Paint yeah. Houses uh, apparently the book itself because it's all based on the book uh, I was talking to a couple people I was reading online there's a lot of people think that it's bullshit that he's making. Well, shit a lot up. of things. Yeah, exactly. But the the point that I think it was Mike Vecchione, very funny comic and a friend of ours, he made the point where he goes, even if it is, that's probably how it happened. A friend of ours. Yeah. <laughs> that's pro- how it happened is probably how it I happened. I agree. So yeah, yeah, what yeah. does it matter if it who if it, one little detail here and there is screwed up in the story? That's probably what happened. Yeah, I, we're I, never gonna know. I think the point of it is is the urban legends that you've heard that happens. Right, one of them right. is that he's in the Verizon on a bridge. One of them. Giant stadium. giant stadium that's probably not true especially considering that like the way the, his circumstances of his the final moments they they had they knew that where he was right so right right chances are he wasn't you know i don't want to get the details but i'm just saying the urban legends are probably bullshit and he like what they did in the movie 
that makes total sense. And that's why you Agreed. never saw him again. Yeah. Never see, he goes, it's done, and you never see him again. I also, and I know you're a Kennedy conspiracy guy too, that is the one that always made the most sense to me, was the Attorney General <laughs> Bobby Kennedy stuff that was he was messing with the unions. Not and me. The, if you read mafia. about it, they don't have the access. How would they, how would they have done that? Because you mean that I don't want to get there was a second shooter and then it wasn't no, Oswald? No, no, no. I think just I think Oswald is the one who shot him, but I think the mafia was more involved than you think. How though? Because I know I know about I, I know about this. Yeah, they, they, no, it's a it's Oswald a, had no connections to the mafia. Jack Ruby was a blowhard. So the Jack Ruby thing about the, uh, killing Oswald is total bullshit. Jack Ruby was a, a club owner and he was like a wannabe but, mafia guy. He wasn't, okay. a real, he wasn't a real guy, wasn't a player, unless that was the route they took and they just went through that. He was like a wannabe. He was like a, yeah. Wouldn't it be the most mafia thing, though, to cover your tracks through something who you have no connections by? A guy like Oswald? No, who because has... the circumstances of when he did it, he brought his dogs with him. He was on his way to Western Union to, to wire money to one of his dancers that worked at his strip club. I'm not and talking then, about Jack Ruby. Oh, Jack Ruby. Okay. I'm talking about using Oswald as basically a, the patsy. To do the mob's bidding, but there would have been, there would have been. I, I'm not an expert on it. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that no, right. he yeah, was yeah. tied to so many other things. I'm just saying he was way more tied to Cuba than he was than he was the mafia. Now you know, right? I, but, you know, I, maybe there was a secret thing going on where somebody was getting to him through the mafia. Maybe totally. But I just the things that I've read about it, and I used to read a lot about it. Yeah, never one. No, they they mentioned that, that being a theory, but I think that they did it, and then they they blamed him as the patsy. That's right, what it was. Right. Not that they got Oswald to do it. Well, it's a fun angle in the movie, and I just always appreciated that uh, Bobby Kennedy, Attorney General connection. Yeah, going after Hoffa, going after the mafia. No, it's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story. So, uh, but and I'll, you know, I'll tell you right now, I don't know. You could totally be right. Yeah, I have no who idea. Knows? But from what I understand, we could talk about this all day. But from what I understand. From what I understand, this is the, the last thing I'll say about it. The, the conspiracy didn't lie in a mischievous third party that was doing it or some kind of uh, Illuminati thing that was happening. It lied in the due diligence of what happened after he got shot. No, yeah, and I agree beforehand. With that. That's true. So if the FBI and the CIA were as tied in as they should have been back then, they would have had. If it was today, they would have had Oswald on like two or three different lists. So he oh, yeah, might have yeah. been like, "Hey, he's in the area that day. Let's get a, let's get a, let's get a line on him." Let's Let's go out, let's follow him. Sure. Like the CIA or NSA or whatever it is. That didn't happen back then. They were, had a lot of ego, FBI and CIA. They fought all the time, apparently. So they they knew, both knew of him, yeah. but didn't share the information. Yep. And then after he did it, they didn't look into anything else. That's where the conspiracy yeah, lies. Yeah, yeah. It could have been shit and that influenced it. But the conspiracy lies, they were like, he did it, and that's it. That's what happened. Right. That's, my, that's the last thing I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, so yeah, uh, go uh, watch it. Obviously, you know these are you knew we you were gonna love it. Have to watch it. it, it you know, I mean, who cares? You sit I down and watch four episodes of Lost in a row. You binge watch Netflix. Yeah, it's that. Just watch a three and a half hour thing. It's even not that big it a deal. A- it doesn't. It didn't. S- did you ever once go? Ah, oh, geez, I, how much time we have left in this thing? I never once did that. No, I didn't do it. I did watch it. Luxury I, I paused pay. it. I got, yeah, I got to fucking do something. You know, <laughs> but I now. Uh, Watch it. The other thing is this: even if it was, like, even if I didn't like it at all, I'd say watch it because of what it means to film history and those guys being in it. And just yeah, the, they're the the, the, exactly. the, le- the legends that they right. leave behind when they're gone. You exactly. know, obviously we could do a whole episode on it. But yeah, but let's I get into saying, the 
Meats and potatoes. Meats it's and potatoes. It's a post-Thanksgiving meats and potatoes. <laughs> we're making a ham and potatoes for you today because you love the ham. As I was starting to mention before I forgot we had to talk about Irishman was that uh, it's December and this is New York City, our home. And what a better place to be during the holidays. You got the Rockefeller Tree Center, uh, the Rockefeller Center Tree, the lighting, the Radio City Music Hall. You got the Rockettes. It's New York City and Christmas go well together. Yeah. You ask a lot of people, if they're not from here, they'll say the only time they like coming here is during the holidays. Exactly. Like nobody likes summer. It, spring in New York is great, but so, people love the holidays. Correct. Uh, what we figured we'd do also when it snows here is just a kind of a magical place it's a winter wonderland if you will it's just a beautiful <laughs> it merges and meshes with the buildings and the, all the other lights if you will it's really pretty I will, I will. Right, thank you for willing <laughs> so we figured uh, we're gonna do a big two part episode this is gonna be uh, the 50 best movies that take place in New York City and it's from a publication I like you know an online publication yeah. I love it's from Complex Magazine which is now I think strictly online I like the stuff they do on that. They have a lot of cool articles. So yeah, this is there. This is through Complex. If you yes, have a problem so with this list, before you start writing letters, going, how could you put that in number yeah. twenty three when that was supposed to be number two? This is our take on their top fifty exactly. movies. So we're going to give you fifty through twenty six today, and then next week tune in to hear the final top twenty five. The conclusion. It's going to be a big two parter, and then we got some big stuff in store for the end of the year. We've got our best of the year, and then we've got our best of the decade. The decade's almost over, Sean. I know it's crazy, but I'm looking forward to putting that list together. My bet, my maybe my top 10 of the Best decade. Of decade. It's going to take me a it's little gonna bit. It's going to take a little homework for yeah, us to do, yeah. but we'll get that more towards uh, New Year's Eve. So for now, let's let's delve into number let's 50 on the, on the New York start? City movies. Yeah, you want to start with it? Uh, you start. All right, number 50. Uh, this is the complex <laughs> list, top 50 movies. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Uh, we're not starting off so great. <laughs> well, no, but you got to remember, it's it's that represent New York City. Yeah, so the but, the yeah. Times Square montage of them going to all the different pizzerias is the turtles thing. It's pizza, and that's a very New York City thing. Is pizza? Yeah, that's a cool kind of thing where you just jump around. And I would I think put that's this on really a list wise. of top fifty vanilla ice appearances. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> In a movie, I might have told you this story before. I was a hockey player growing up, and I went to a tournament in Montreal with my father when 1991. I was uh, 12 years old. And uh, we had an off night, and there was a movie theater, and Secret of the Ooze was out, and my dad goes, you can pick whatever movie you want to see. I'll go, whatever, you pick it, and I chose this movie, and that was the last time my dad ever went to the movies with me. <laughs> Is that true? He walked out, and he goes, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Wait, how old were you again? I was 12. 91. <laughs> And he never went. To the he movies never went again. to the movies with me again. But in all fairness, he's not. He's not a movie not guy, a huge right? movie yeah. goer. We've obviously watched countless movies at home in our living room. <laughs> like, but he goes, I will never. He goes, I'm never going to movies again. He, he goes, goes somewhere with a 12 year old. Go, I'll never trust your opinion again <laughs> yeah, exactly. on anything. I went. You didn't think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two: The Secret of the Ooze, yeah, was going to be an Oscar contender? Your dad's like, I thought it was a nature documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really my only story of that movie. I don't think I've even seen it since. Uh, no, I've seen it because I think we we did it on the podcast. Somebody defended it Ooh. as their favorite movie, one of their favorite movies. Pre Andy, and it's a, a pre Andy, and it's a garbage movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a garbage. Right. Even even if you like look at where we are now with even like special, but this was this was even outdated for back then. Like special effects and and like 
creature, uh, you know, um, uh, special effects like like the way the, the Bebop and Rocksteady look in it, and the way the Shredder look. It's it just it looks like every shot that's not outside the pizza places. Yeah, and this movie just looks like hey, you had a soundstage and you put this thing together. <laughs> right, like right, right. everybody looks like you know it's a weird low budget movie. Not like a bad movie when everybody looks too big for the set that they're on. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. I will say this before we jump back into the list. If uh, some things I've been watching, it is on Netflix. Start watching the movies that made us and the toys that made us. Oh yeah, because they're so fantastic. It's really for our age group and really nostalgic. The toys that made us, Ninja Turtles one is fantastic. Oh, I gotta check it out. It's really fun episode. So yeah. number forty nine, Chud from nineteen eighty four, a movie I have a history with. Obviously, Chud's an acronym: Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Yeah, I was in high school. And my old, my f- high school friend, my buddy Nick Thompson, all his older brothers were three years older than us, and they all loved this movie. And we all used to go to the beach together, and I would just lay around, and we'd all sloth around, and they started calling me Chudley. <laughs> they just start, you know, I was a chubby kid, but they started calling me Chudley. Give me a beer, Chud. Get us a beer. Yeah. They would call me Chud. Did you hate it? I hated it, but I didn't really know like what it meant. It just sounded awful it, it, as a word. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. I wasn't cannibal. I wasn't a humanoid or an underground dweller. I don't know where it came from. I think one of the guys just got it in his head and started calling me Chudley, and it caught on. But so much so that I made it my Insta... No, not Instagram. My AOL Instant Messenger username was Chudley97 back in the day. <laughs> oh, so you liked it back then. I used it. I was just like, ah, what am I going like, to do? You, you, know, you, you accept like, a nickname, you accept a nickname. And you were like, these these kids, uh, they're accepting me as Chudley. I got to yeah. be Chudley. Because nobody else really knew what Chud was. Yeah. I made a Chud joke recently to a girl, and she was like, uh, she was stuck on the subway, and she was like, I got to run. I was like, don't let the Chuds get you. And I later, I was like, did you ever, she was like, I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, <laughs> it's 84, that's why. Yeah, 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 we're just old. And I'll tell you two things about this movie. I never watched it because I was too scared to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's me yeah. with scary movies. And I never realized, what a cast. I know, John Goodman, Daniel Stern. And John Hurd, you know who John Hurd is? Uh, the bad guy from, from uh, Big, and uh, he's in Sopranos as the crooked course. cop. Of course, he's, he's the dad from now. Home Alone. He de- he's dead now, he died. Right, is uh, he Peter McAllister? He's Peter McAllister. Uh, had a, a bad time when he was stalking his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend Ooh. apparently. Eish. And then he died not too long after that, but really good character actor. Really, right. really good. Right. Underappreciated uh, actor. Uh, let's go to 48. Maniac. I, I, <laughs> I know it. You know it? Yeah. It's so you're a, a big... That's the horror yeah, yeah, part yeah. in It's here. a yeah. slasher movie, and it's a really gory one. And you would not enjoy it. Yeah. I, I don't I watch it. I remember the... I think I remember the video cover with a guy yeah, with a knife in his exactly. hand. Exactly. Yes, and yes. you would kind of know little... This was one of those ones you'd look at in the video store and go, I feel scared being around <laughs> that. But it's got Tom Savini before, like, as an actor before he like really got into... Oh. All the special effects stuff. Yeah. And it's a super... It's just a New York City serial killer. And he goes around killing women. And it's scary. And it's just... It's like a... It's it's a city slash... It's a Friday the 13th in New York City. And, all right. 
Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah, it's and a slasher all, film. And, and as far as the representation, all the ones that are in New York State in the 80s, people should watch because it gives you a peek of what made New York City cool. Yeah. Which, when it, it, it's when it was, like, this a complete shithole. Like, that's why people uh, had this badge of honor of, like, when you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's right, like right, right. a lot of that was 70s to 80s when it was pretty tough to live here. Yeah. And I think this guy, Joe Spinell, who played the maniac, just might have died recently. Oh, really? But this is a very uh, cult classic horror film. Um, yeah. Just got really New York City uh, as a backdrop for yeah. a slasher film, really. Yeah. But I, uh, the next one is. Number 47. Uh, number 47. Is King Kong 1933. Right, let's Kong. be honest. I have never watched it. I have I've, never seen it from start to finish. We all know the famous it is the scene. Fay Ray scene on top of the Empire State Building. This is back when when special effects looked like stop, just stop motion animation, uh, which is basically what it was. Too much more time on it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it spawned some never really great sequels, or I mean, like remakes rather. Like well, they, they all never really lived. Like the one in it was. It's considered a good movie. It's considered sure, I think, sure. a good film. Like as far as what it did yeah, back then, like Empire State Building scene, like, like the, the planes and all things. Like that's really cool and really you for, know for 1933. For 1933, and you know it must have been good enough that the story stayed. You know what I mean? Like there's tons of you know like the King Kong as a monster. He stayed in the in the in the public eye for yeah. years and years and years. You it's know, an like, iconic. Yeah, scene, and they know. just got better and better as far as effects go. Now, uh, now here's, here's a, a big good one. one. Forty six. I'll just let you take it away. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Nineteen eighty five. The aforementioned Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Amazing a movie. Big Great one for movie. Love this movie. <laughs> uh, and it was also ho. What? Also ho. Also ho. South of Houston. For those of you who don't aren't really uh, in on the neighborhood nicknames of Manhattan. It, it was like Scorsese's take. It's so funny because there's a few reasons to like this movie. Griffin Dunn is awesome in it. Yep. Uh, uh, Catherine or uh, who is it? Catherine O'Hara? Roseanne Arquette, Linda Roseanne Fiorentino. Arquette. It's a great cast, and um, it's it's an uncharacteristic Scorsese movie. Like you're not Absolutely. watching. If you watched it, you would not think that Scorsese directed nope. it. And uh, and Terry Gar is in it. And and yeah. there's a thing about it that I want to say. But it kind of spoils the movie. That's a really cool uh, tidbit about the movie. Should I should I do this or no? You think? Say it. All right. So if you've seen after, you haven't, haven't seen it after hours, the next thirty seconds, hold your ears for don't listen. <laughs> Fast forward thirty seconds from now. Click the there, yeah. Uh, really quick tidbit is the way the movie goes. He starts out leaving work and it's his adventure overnight in New York City, and all this crazy stuff happens. Just by chance, you know, the danger, he's getting chased, all this stuff's happening. He ends up in this woman's basement, and she's like a uh, papier-mâché artist. He ends up in one of her sculptures. She traps him in one of her sculptures, and then she he tries to say, lady, let me out of this thing. Let me out now. You know, whatever it is. And she says, no, no, hold on, and puts papier-mâché over his face. Uh, originally, the ending was going to be that. He was just going to be left in this woman's basement with the paper mache over, and that was going to be the whole movie. But what happens in the movie is that they decided right. to add Cheech and Chong, who are, who are these thieves, these right, like, right. cat burglars, showing up uh, to the woman's thing, stealing stuff from the basement, and one of the things they steal is him. And then all, as they're passing his office, he falls out of yeah, the van yeah, yeah. and ends up right in front of his work again. I think that's so much better. I, I think agree. that's a b- way better. Uh, I agree. Even though the original ending's so dark, it's like fucked up, you know. So I thought that was a cool tidbit. The original ending would have been him just trapped in that thing, just you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a great movie. If you if you're a Scorsese fan, check it out so you can see 
that he does other stuff I besides. I watched Midnight Hours uh, after Hours the first time. Didn't think it was a Scorsese movie. Yep, absolutely. So it's uh, you know. I, uh, it's great. Go check it out. All right. Uh, number 45. Number 45. One of Shawnee's favorite films. Is, <laughs> <laughs> is the 1980... Uh, Willie, you don't... A lot of these directors, you, you don't realize think, or match yeah. the movies. It's cruising. It's essentially uh, about... Uh, the gay scene in the late 70s early 80s and what those like famous iconic gay bars and even of uh, the seedier kind of uh, scene the gay scene at that time oh, was yeah it was like the peak it was basically I, I'm not I don't want to sound like an asshole when I'm saying this it was it was the peak time of when like AIDS and HIV was being transferred in the gay Absolutely. community. Absolutely. Not that it was only being transferred there, but it was. And I think it was like how, you know, kind of the debauchery that can happen in but the it scene. Was. It and, was you know. a, at least William Friedkin's take, which, again, William Friedkin exorcist, uh, something else I can't think of right now. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are in the LBG, LBGT community very happy with the way this movie portrayed no, them. No, I think it's probably very outdated. But there was that element. And that was a very real part of New York City. It was City. a real there thing was the that gay happened. BDSM yeah. clubs, and it was a lot of you know unprotected gay sex, and a lot of transmitting of diseases and drugs and all that stuff. So uh, you might not be happy with the way the movie was made, but I mean that was a real thing at a time, and so. it was a big deal because Pacino was in it. Yeah, and, and it was it was Pacino pre Paul Sorvino. Pacino, yeah, Paul Sorvino. So. Um, it was a very big deal, I think, because of that. Because of the director and it was Pacino, and, and I it kind of brought that out into the lexicon. <laughs> but it was still when people were being very super homophobic. I just thought cruising is a gay maniac. <laughs> it's essentially the same kind of movie, <laughs> where it's just like a, a serial killer, but he's targeting gay nightclub patrons. You know, <laughs> everything's just maniac. Everything. But you put anything into the ma- into maniac. Uh, but yeah, so, but yeah. I think I think now I think now at this point it it stays in the lexicon of the movie world because. Uh, of the director and Pacino, but I think yeah, I think you asked a lot of uh, people of a lot of B- LG- LB, what is it LBG LGBT LB- LGBTQ plus plus. So just if you ask a lot of them, I think they would say it's of. it's a, a blight on the record. It's 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 a right. it's a shitty movie because of what it does. I think. But so, back then, but that's do what, your own yeah. research if you want to. Search Very it out. outdated. Yeah. Uh, the next one we, I like uh, you. You got to go back, and you still got to know your history. You still got to be well versed, so you can talk about it and discuss it. You know what I mean? Just yeah. because, so you know, don't just listen to these us two goons. <laughs> uh, number forty-four. I don't have any experience with under than like what I've just kind of seen commercialized. Yeah. Uh, which is Chelsea Girls from nineteen sixty-six. It's Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. Paul Morrissey, uh, the comic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, it's you know, I basically him following a couple models around the Chelsea Hotel, right? I think it's like or like his love letter to the yeah. Chelsea Hotel. Yeah, I which, think, let's let's be honest, nobody cared about this movie if it wasn't Andy Warhol. Exactly, directing. that's basically. What I it do is. love Chelsea Hotel lore, though. All the stories, you know, Sid and Nancy, everybody who lived there, oh, the famous God. writers, yeah, and it's still there on right down the street from Gotham Comedy Club, so you can still kind of cruise by and look at it and cruising, 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 by cruising, cruising the maniac right by the hotel. Uh, number forty three, another is- one of Shawnee's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday Night Fever oh, is, is uh, what we got here. Now, I, this is one of those movies that. A lot of seventies movies like this survived the seventies is a lot of people's favorite movie. But are you a huge fan of this? No, people. I, I think it's, it's there's things I never. I saw it twice. Um, yeah. I never was a huge fan of this movie. 
I think that a lot. I think it's. I think it's the one scene that is why people sure, him walking down alive the, and, yeah. and the dancing scenes because it's kind of crazy when you don't see it and then you see it and you realize the whole thing's about a rape. Like the, the thing, right. there's a rape in, in the movie as one of the plot points. So it's like. I don't think it holds up well. I think, but I think Travolta was in it. So Travolta was such a huge star that people well, were like, this yeah, is a great movie. Also in a superstardom. Yes. But I also just think this is such a encapsulation of a time and a genre and a trend that portrays it pretty accurately is why people really hold on to it. Because well, I mean, the reason I never yeah. watched it more than once or twice is I go, I don't give a shit about disco and this guy from yeah. fucking Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Yeah, where it just like, doesn't affect me whatsoever. You know so. what it is for guys our age? It's just before where we would care. Right, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. Even though you love seventies movies, but you like the ones that are kind of timeless. Yeah, this is just before. Like, I, there's no nostalgia here for me. But again, but you're right. It it, it doesn't. I, when I think disco, you think of this, of course. Yeah. And great New York City accents, uh, family like scenes and stuff like that, and just uh, you know, slice of the time and slice of life in New York at that time. And disco affects us. I didn't know this fact. You know, we're both standing up. Lay it on me. Do you know the reason for the the big bump of comedy clubs in the '80s? Because it was all the discos that were closing down, and they just turned oh, them into to yes, comedy clubs. Yes, yes, I. I when I first heard that, it blew my mind. I'm like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're using the same, the same. Right, uh, yeah. They really, literally are still using the same. Yeah, yeah, of, exactly. So oh, we got to get moving here, buddy. Yes, yes. Well, uh, next one, I have no idea about. No, it. we can skip right over number forty-two. Man push cart. I guess it's. Uh, a documentary, maybe, or even a fictional piece, but uh, it is probably a pretty interesting movie because I eat from uh, these guys all the time, uh, halal guys, hot yeah. dog vendors, and stuff. I love street meat in New York City, so I might check it out, but check I can't out, speak yeah. to it. I don't know anything about it. This next one I might check out because I just saw the, the uh, cast. Uh, James Gray, I don't know what else he directed. Two Lovers from 2008. I mean, good uh, cast. Yeah. I don't know it. It's crim- well, you know what? It makes sense that we've never heard of it. Uh, hopefully, viewers will seek out James Gray's criminally overlooked two lovers. Uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix, who you know can do no wrong in my eyes, pretty much at this point. Gwyneth Paltrow, who's good, and Isabella Rossellini, who's pretty pretty good. Um, yeah, right. Uh, they have a bunch of Brooklyn neighborhoods featured in it. It's you know art house cinema. It's uh, yeah. It's I think it's probably an indie movie, and it's you know I I'm, I give it a shot at least. And the next one, number forty. Woohoo. You want to say it? Uh, 1993 Brian De Palma film Carlito's Way. Now, what is your take on, on Carlito's Way? I'll give you my whole take on Brian De Palma. Very overrated overrated. filmmaker. Overrated. So overrated. Absolutely. And we've said this before, 100%. I think, on the podcast. I'll tell you my two, my two guys, my two big overrated guys. David Lynch. Fuck David Agreed. Lynch. Agreed. And Brian De Palma. Agreed. Brian, like, there's, Brian De Palma is a fucking Alfred Hitchcock wannabe. Uh, yeah. Now, Carlito's Way nah, is not I wouldn't not even bad. give him that much credit. Well, when he made there's a movie called Blowout that he made that that, that messes with like um, sound uh, sound editing and stuff like that, and it's hailed. And John Travolta's in it. It's from like 1981 or 80, and he plays a sound technician that gets caught up in this whole you know I think it's a murder whatever. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. But it's they basically treated that like oh that's this Hitchcockian type situation, and I'm like no it's not. And then he did also whatever he did Dress to Kill, and right. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan not of this guy. Fan. It's like Michael Mann as well. These guys are just kind he of just carries him. Scarface is not a great movie. Heat's not a great movie. Heat's not a great movie. He, and that's Michael Mann. But I mean, like, yeah, Scarface, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarface, whatever. Yeah, Scarface just became like every rapper's right. favorite. Movie. Oh, we're locking, stepping, key or whatever the phrase. The thing, is man, I think there should be a new a new phrase for when you a movie's famous for one scene. 
Yes. And that's Scarface. Let's be honest. Maybe it's maybe it's famous for two scenes. Say hello to my little friend is the only thing that comes out of that fucking movie. Right, besides right. Pacino, the chainsaw scene is kind of I don't even know. I guess that's not that famous. It, not famous, but I mean, when people think of it, that's what they think of. They think it's, of the his mound of coke. It's, it's, it's he's quotable. Yes, exactly. Carlito's way. The most memorable thing is Sean Penn's <laughs> Jewish wig. Exactly. He's supposed to him playing him playing the uh, the lawyer. You're right. Right. And. <laughs> you got so, Jacob on that one. So that's the only thing. Like, Carlito's Way, like, it, whenever I see movies like Carlito's Way, and also, I don't know how well New York, it, it's. Yeah, but it's, if we can it's move on. Represented. I agree. It's not I, a great film. I think that Carlito's Way is like, it's almost like he's trying to um, emulate things. This is his, it was his Scorsese thing. Yeah. Was, that was his Scorsese priming to Palma. What do you so, guys, swimming match coming up? <laughs> My nose socks. Shaving your legs? I'm a, I'm a dot com millionaire. Oh, I have no hair on my legs. That's what been like that for a while. I'm sorry to call you. What a dick. I'm sorry. You know what? You can you make w- fun of me for something. All right, I'm, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I got a. I have I got a calf my jeans. My jeans rub the hair off my legs. I have hair on my upper. I legs. got eczema. If you want to make fun of me, no. Well, it, winter's no, not, not a good time for me. Well, that's a medical condition, so I wouldn't be as mean uh, as you yeah, are. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, next movie. Um, yeah. Thir- number 39 in the New York City countdown is West Side Story from 1961. Uh, I know a lot of people, I'm not including myself on that, who love this movie from their youth. Yeah. But uh, like, my mom loves yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, it's a generational thing. other friends who, like, kind of grew up on it because of their parents would watch it all the time. But, I mean, I'm not a musical guy. So, yeah. right away, you're going to... But as far as representing New York, it was <laughs> gangs in the 60s or the whatever the yeah, 60s my, one it came my out. My favorite thing that came out of it was uh, Saturday Night Live did a sketch with Norm when he came back to host. It's a great it's sketch. Cobras versus Panthers and he just it's a, it's just a West Side Story spoof and you just have Norm's they just you might you know they wrote Norm react to what they're he goes, yeah, because they act very uh, like musically, let's say, not not gay, but uh, effeminate. flamboyant, effeminate, flamboyant. Yes. Well, no, they start. No, it's not even. They don't know they they they're acting. The musical numbers. They just start just singing. Goes, ah, what the hell's going on? Here? He's like, we're gonna take on these panthers. We're gonna kill them, and he's and they're like, yeah, and they're they're agreeing with him. They go, gonna get the panthers tonight, and Norman Donald goes, what, what are you the, doing? What, what, what the hell? Broken a song, goes, oh. and, then they, and the panthers show up, and they're all tough, and he goes, ah, he's like so nervous. Panthers, rawr. That's not good. You're right. That is, is the best. Just, that's the best thing to come out of West Side Story. Uh, I think it's a, a, it's supposed to be a beautiful. It's a beautiful love story. It's Romeo and Juliet told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, in New York City, it's a very New York City movie. But I think it's also it's entering that thing where it's like an ancient movie. It's not many people are right. mentioning it as much. I think it used to get talked about a lot more when I was younger. Uh, I think it's still a musical. I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. have a soft spot for it. Yeah. The next one. Uh, this is I watched this when I was yeah younger. I think it was like teenager. When I watch this. Uh, number thirty-eight on the list of complexes top fifteen New York movies is uh, Juice in, from nineteen ninety-two. Omar Epps, Tupac Shakur, Jermaine Huggy Hopkins. Uh, I guess it has. Oh, does it have Samuel Jackson? Yeah, it did. Right. I, I mean, without I s- being stereotypical, he's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. So it's a Harlem-based movie. I think. I think Juice was the one that has the famous sandwich scene where the guy, yeah, yeah, the guy, uh, yeah. threatens to kill the the Vietnamese store. Owner because he doesn't make it, he won't make a sandwich. I forget what it was. Yeah, it was. It's my friends used to quote that shit all the time. It's uh, it's an okay movie. You could see Tupac kind of had some decent acting chops, but then also you'd look at him and go, oh, "What the hell was that?" 
Like he yeah. was good and then he was bad. He couldn't find a middle ground. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It doesn't. It, it it's a very New York. It's a, it's it's good because it's a movie based in Harlem. But uh, one of the uh, one of my all time favorite soundtrack songs though. I mean, Juice oh, is yes. Eric B and Rakim yes. is one of my all time favorite songs. Yeah, so all, I, yeah. I think that's what makes it. And that's what yeah. makes it the most famous. I think you're right. Yep. Uh, let's go on to the next one. Here's another one. It, it, and, it, and it's. And I have a question for this one. You want to, you want to say what it is? 1990s King of New York. We all famously Christopher Walken couldn't be more Christopher Walken in this movie. That's the thing. This is where the Walken voice became a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, think you're he right. He goes over the top. He's super quirky and super eccentric in this. And I, I'll never forget because it came out in 1990. I think I saw it when it came out. I think my dad let me rent it or something. Yeah, yeah. And there is a scene, and I was 12, and there's a scene where he makes out with the girl on the subway. And her boobs are out, and I just remember being so excited. Yeah, <laughs> I was twelve years old. I'm like, this is the best movie in the world. <laughs> but uh, besides that, it's kind of like a pretty. Uh, uh, it's okay. It's, it's worth okay a watch if you've movie. never seen it. Yeah, it's worth checking out. It'll give you. You know what? I, I think out of all the ones we've talked about so far, representing New York, this one the most so far. Okay, honestly, right. I, I, I'm so far on the list. This, if you want to know what New York's like, watch this movie. Or it was like in the you know late eighties, early nineties, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. You know when it came out. All also, right. another great um, Abel Ferrara, who's a famous. Uh, I think he did Sea of Love. I think he did. Uh, he did a bunch of famous movies. But another guy who was kind of you know boring. Christopher Walken, David Caruso. Before David Caruso yeah, uh, yeah. made the, a huge mistake. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, Giancarlo Esposito when he was young, and, Buscemi. and Steve Buscemi when he was young. That's great. And neighborhoods featured Midtown. Uh, it's worth checking out. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, worth yeah. checking out. The next one. Number 36, 1985's uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. I watched it a lot as a kid. I watched it a lot as a kid, too. I I never really understood it, and I was just always kind of like, why am I watching this as a kid? You watched it because Madonna was in it. Yeah, that's why. That's why everybody did it. It's not a great movie. I don't really have any thoughts on the movie. (laughs) Uh, Rosanna Arquette is in it. She's good. It's another one that uses a lot of cool locations from New York, uh, and... um, if you want, and it's very '80s. So if you want, want to check yeah. out New York '80s or just an '80s, a very '80s movie as far as dialogue goes, and Madonna's in it, and that's the only selling point of this movie. It didn't matter what the movie was about; right, right, just right. have Madonna because she just plays, she plays uh, uh, whatever her name is in it. But she, she's the one that they're all, they're all this mystical, magical girl in this movie. Like they're just around her personality. Right, that's the whole thing's based. Next one is fantastic. Oh, I mean, jeez, oh, you, you know, you want thirty-five, a little high, a uh, little low on the list, actually. If you yes, ask me, it's nineteen eighty-four's Frank Oz vehicle, Muppets Take Manhattan, a childhood gem. Oh my God, it's. Uh, I wore this movie tape out in our VCR. Yes, it's such a good movie. It's so it is, and it is great New York. Like, I particularly I love when. Kermit has amnesia and he becomes like a ad executive and so you get to see like the New York City like the high rises the office buildings you get to see Broadway you get to see uh, like downtown diners you get the, your first that was the first time I ever became aware of what's the restaurant with all the famous caricatures somebody help me out here uh, 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 Sardis Sardis yes yeah and I was just Remember always thought Kramer that was the goes to Sardis yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, when you're because it came out early enough that I wasn't going to Manhattan every every day to go to work. So, right. uh, you does it gives you because you're a kid watching this. It gives you a really really good picture of what Manhattan was. Oh, like, I loved it, but in a very like you know fun kind of way. But then it goes, you know, like you said, it goes. He Kermit, go, where does he go again? Like the Midwest or something? Or I forget what he does in it. And then he he like 
doesn't he? Or does he become a businessman? Yeah, he becomes an ad. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. With all the other frogs. Yes, I'm screwing up. I'm screwing it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then also it has the guy from the son from Dirty Dancing is in it. Right, right. He's in like three movies, and that was it. That guy. Definitely, you could you could watch Muppets Take Manhattan now. Oh, sure. You could definitely show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's I'm surprised one. this one's a little low as well. Uh, yeah, it was a big deal. This movie was a big deal. Sure. And it also, you want to talk about if Saturday Night Fever encapsulated an era, Absolutely. This, this encapsulated Great an era. Great point. Yeah, uh, it's Wall Street, number 34 on Complex's list of top... Um, Ten years later, eight, 77 to 87, so you're perfectly right. Yes, and what happens is it basically shows you the good and bad parts of like the yuppie Street, scene, yeah. the, the Wall Finance, Street Wall yuppie Street. scene, uh, the decadence, the, uh, yeah, you know, it drugs, a, money, power. That's that was eighties, and it being and it being in the eighties, you have it, watch it. You have that eighties feel. The music, it's actually got a great a great soundtrack as well because it has uh, yeah. naive melody on it. Naive melody, the place. talking heads, yeah, yep. talking heads. So it's a it's a good movie. But if you if you're if you were born in two thousand, it might be it might be like too much of an old movie for you. <laughs> Spaced out, Daryl Hannah going, Bleh. yeah. <laughs> I they fucking tranquilized her on that movie. I feel like. Oh sure, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie Sheen before he was you know kind of insane. Charlie Sheen, great Michael Douglas, uh, just a good solid all around flick. Boiler uh, room before boiler room. Boiler room before boiler room, yeah, and it, and it's uh and it's Oliver Stone and Oliver Stone, I actually am not a a, a huge fan of me neither. But uh, this is this the best thing he did? Well, platoon people love. Yeah, I don't know. It's up there. It definitely might be the it's second best thing that he did. Maybe we could do a Stone versus Stone. We'll get Greg Stone in, <laughs> and we'll do Oliver Stone Let's versus Oliver Stone. I'll do it. Uh, number thirty-one, thirty-three. No, thirty. Oh, yes, you're right. Sorry, yeah, thirty-three. Uh, this movie, I don't care much about, to be honest. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Talk about Shaft. Obviously, I don't really uh, care about it at all either. But I uh, saw it. I don't even know if I've seen the whole thing. If I'm being completely honest, nah, the original, I, saw it, I, think I saw it once on TV when I was a kid. I, you know, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not, I'm not huge. I don't care about the character. It, yeah. it wasn't, you know, what it wasn't part of when I was a kid. So I, it was one of those things that didn't didn't follow didn't follow through with me. Yeah, the only like th- like uh, like even dirty, even Dirty Harry, like I the, things like that. I don't want a badass character, but like Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley, right? It's a comedy, but like. I'm excited for Beverly Hills Cop 4 because right, I love right, the character. Right, right, right. This was just out of my time. You know, it's, it's a thing that can be ignored easily. Uh, number 32, Wild Style from 1983. I never saw it as a kid, but here's why it always kind of struck a chord with me. Because when I was a kid and I would come in from New Jersey to eight, mid-80s Manhattan, graffiti fascinated me. Yeah. Just, it was everywhere. It was unavoidable. The art, the design, I just was taken with it. So yeah. when I was older, when I was uh, in high school, I finally got to see the whole entire Wild Style. And it's a cool movie. Uh, it's a cool movie. I haven't seen this in years. I watched it when I was a kid because I was obsessed with breakdancing. Yeah. I was obsessed like with that whole scene. Uh, but I haven't watched this in forever. But I remember watching it as a kid, and then I bought parachute pants. I think right. after, I, and then I got. Uh, well, I would. We had. 
I would just get boxes and then we would do like you know like like yeah, cardboard yeah, boxes and then we'd all I have my friends over in my basement in East Meadow Long Island and we were all try to break dance. Like, I think I have <laughs> pictures of us having like a break dance party. It, I mean, yeah, it, it is kind of corny looking back now, but at the time it gave a spotlight on like that early hip hop culture. Absolutely, so. and also the, the parts of New York that you wouldn't have seen. Yeah, and, really burned out Bronx. And it really Before the Bronx is the Bronx. It helped the hip hop world. Was it, uh, having a um, a movie like a, like a, a, a feature length movie theater movie yeah. about the hip hop scene back then is crazy. That and this is where I think Fab Five Freddy became discovered, and then you know Yo MTV Raps became a I thing right. a couple yeah. years later. This, yeah, but I think I watched this a bunch when I was a kid, and I couldn't tell you one thing about it now. Right. But by that point, I was like five years old. But I definitely watched it. Number thirty one, uh, take it away. I'm surprised this is this low. Ah, uh, this is too low because because this is the reason why this one's low. It's thirty thirty one. It's nostalgic. Is, it's the Warriors. It's super nostalgic. But if you want to talk about a New York movie, they're literally going from one uh, side of right. New York to the bottom. How is this in the thirties? It's based off the Odyssey, which I think I've mentioned uh, in, in the podcast it before. Spans the island. It spans. It goes from River Riverdale. Where are you boys from? Stay out of Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> Stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> no, the mean streets. Fireworks. Where are you boys from? Riverdale. Uh, yeah, all the way down to Coney. Riverdale, all the way down to Coney Island, right? So if you want to see a New York movie, you, know, you want to see seventies New York, Central Park, Subway. Yeah, oh I mean, my god! Oh my god! Lower East Side. Yeah, you're seeing every part of the city, or a lot of parts of the city. It's the whole thing's outside, except for a couple. Of, what, they're in a hideout at some point. With and the, this is why it's in the thirties because. It's is what it's not the best movie, no. but it's a fun movie. But it's it's and almost maybe, like watching an archaeological artifact because right, right. they're all in the, they're in leather outfits. I know. They're like, in, yeah, they're, they're in costumes. <laughs> I mean, the baseball. Fury, I mean, they have names. Baseball furies, you just go, what? Yeah. These guys are run roller skates. Yeah. But they're in baseball. Go what the hell? And the narrator is the woman. She died. Thelma Higpin or whatever her name is. Thigpen. Yeah, she was the voice of the Carmen San Diego yes. vo- uh, sidekick. <laughs> the voice of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but. It's worth. Hey, I, I, you, you, when you watch this, you watch this because of things that weren't on purpose about it. That it's a little bit bad, and that it's based in that time period. That it's a gang, like the gang movie, the fight. You're watching it for the fights. Uh, you're watching it for like the kitsch of it more than anything else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say, "All right, we can go," but it's really great. I, I actually want to watch it now. And then it came out with a. Uh, I, it when it's on, um, I usually tend to. Watch the entire thing. I because here's the thing. It's got the fam, you know the famous warriors. Yeah, come out and play. Yeah, that guy is so terrifying. really creepy. Yeah, and uh, I always warriors. <laughs> the last time I watched, it, I go. It ends in Coney Island, Brooklyn, and then the Eagles is in the city comes on. It's the song over the credits. You go. The song's about San Francisco. It's so blatantly about the city pilots. Let's go. Why the yeah. hell did they choose? It's well, my own, really because, my only Eagles song I like. But. I think because they're not, they weren't like, hey, this is a quintessential New York movie back Unless then. I'm dead wrong on that. No, like, but I don't know. They probably, Somebody write they're in. They're from San Francisco, aren't they? I don't fucking the Eagles. They're from California. The Eagles are terrible. Uh, this one, I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with this placement. At number 30. Mm, I don't know. It's a pretty big New York movie. Oh, no pun intended there. <laughs> uh, big. I just gave it away. Big. Number Penny 30. Marshall. Uh, I mentioned it before because John Hurt is in it. He's the bad guy in this movie. Exactly. He's um, uh, Elizabeth Penny. What's her name? Yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Perkins. Perkins. Boyfriend. He's it's a toy boyfriend, executive. Yeah. Uh, we all, you all know the story. Um, this movie is a... I think it should be lower. Thing. I it's think it's Jersey, lower. mostly, though. It's Jersey oh. where they grow up and where... So it's just really him in the city. Be, 
I, yeah, it's a, it shows the wonderment of the city. It does. Like, actually, it gives you a good perspective of like, hey, um, it's a big deal. I'm here. It's you know dealing with the how the hustle yeah, and bustle. It's got the and the Zoloft getting, machine. Zoloft. What's Zoloft. What's Zoltan. <laughs> I am so a goon. Uh, no, but this movie was a huge part of my childhood. Same, a gigantic. Part I mean, I had the I had the handshake rhyme down. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa puff. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he was a big. That kid was working for a while. I, here's the thing. I just don't. The city is just. It's not about the city at all. It's just the backdrop. It's just. <laughs> it's just the backdrop. You're it's, right. It's the. That's why I probably had to yeah. stay. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, but I think, you know, the movie itself, it's got Robert Loggia in it. Robert Loggia. Iconic scene. A good movie with an iconic scene. The, the piano scene is like, you know, how many times has that been mimicked? The, oh, yeah. the, the giant piano scene, them dancing on it and playing chopsticks and all that jazz. Uh, but uh, if you I haven't mean, seen Big and you're alive, you make yourself a favor and see Big. Yeah, it made me want to go to uh, FAO Schwartz. It made me... Um, yes. It, I loved... I just... All the toys, you're just like, it's just the luckiest kid in the yes. world. <laughs> just yeah. Go. yeah, it's a dream he, come true uh, for a actually, kid. Actually, I believe his secretary is uh, Mrs. Foreman from that 70s show. Yes, she is. And I just was like, can you have the giant Super Bowl brought on tape, edited out the commercials? I was just like, like it gave me a kid boner. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It was it was it was like, it was like porn for little kids. Like it was like yeah. of magical stuff exactly. that could have happened. Yeah. Uh, you want to go to the next one? I don't know too much about this movie. I don't know. I, don't, I never saw it. No, I've never seen it's Superfly from 1972, and I just can't speak to it. I know it's black exploitation, and but again, I mean, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I just don't. I can't talk about it. I don't I, know it. I, you know what? Yeah, because it would have. I would have saw it as a kid if I saw it at all, and it's, I'd past the point where I was cared about watching it. You yeah. Know? I think what ends up happening a lot of those movies, just like a lot of the, a lot of, um, there's a lot of movies from the '80s, but a lot of those the black exploitation movies. I think when Superfly came out, I think they mimicked it after it, so yeah. it got lost. In the, not lost in the shovel. It's still one of the classic ones. Sure. But I never got into the genre, uh, so I don't know too much about it. Uh, twenty eight is one I love. Yeah, and I'm not a big Spike know. Lee fan at all. No, but, I, but this is not my favorite Spike Lee movie. But it's a it's a good one. It's twenty fifth hour. Yeah, two thousand two. It will. It did show that Tribeca post nine eleven, which is still creepy and weird. In two thousand two, was very not long after the towers went down. Yeah. So it was the first movie that I remember to kind of deal with that, and then uh, it has. Our one of our favorites, Patrice O'Neill, in it. Yes, um, Rosario Dawson. I love, but yeah, I, it's I don't love Spike Lee movies, and to me, I'm just like, you know what? Now that I talk about it out loud, it does kind of line up with how I feel about all the other Spike Lee movies. I go, yeah, they're good, but uh, you know, um, I maybe jumped the gun. On I, this well, one. I think I think Malcolm X is uh, is is fantastic, and I love Inside Man. Inside Man, I yeah, love. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this movie. Uh, I think it's really well acted. It probably could have been a little bit better. You have really good actors in it. So Brian Cox is really great in it. And yeah, then, yeah. And that last scene is great. They they mislead you on the last scene. Yep. So the ending of this is worth checking out for this movie. It's kind. It's just kind of. You're right because the setting. I guess that's why it's so New York. The, it's so morose. The setting's so morose because of the timing of it. And the movie does a good job making it feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The topic itself, the plot is enough, sad enough, and just every like it, you, 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 it kind of puts you back into that mindset sure. of what you were. And, and but it's um, it's it's oh. it's good. It's not great. It's good. I think. All right. Uh, this is the one I couldn't think of earlier. Number twenty-seven on our list from William Friedkin is the French Connection. 
Ah! People forget it's the same guy who did The Exorcist. It's the same guy who did Cruising. I just couldn't place it at the time. Uh, obviously, iconic chase scene. New York City. It's the New York City chase scene. Popeye Doyle. Popeye. We talk sometimes in the podcast about movies creating tropes. French Connection created a lot 100%. of cop movie tropes. 100%. And that's oh, why yeah, it's worth checking out for that. It's got Gene Hackman. You're not getting Gene Hackman You're anymore. Getting, you got a post-Jaws uh, or a pre-Jaws Schneider, Roy Scheider. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, it's it, one of the most badass. I think two of the most badass things that uh, Gene Hackman ever did, even though I love him, Tenet Bombs, Mississippi Burning, and uh, and this. He played two badass. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to live. It's worth checking out for that. <laughs> Dad, you're never sick, but I'm going to live. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, one of those. Yeah, just to, if you're a film buff at all and you haven't seen it, you, sh- you owe your to yourself. Yes, absolutely. Now, this is another one, the 26, to wrap up our first half of the top 50 New York City movies. Number 26 is Larry Clark's Kids from 1995 fascinated me when I was a kid. Because I was 16, I was right in the age group. I was 18 when this came out. Yeah. You were not 16. Yes, I was. 95. Oh, 95. Sorry, I was 17. <laughs> really weird thing to pick apart. Because <laughs> I, I was like, no, we're not that far apart in age. But I, I didn't realize it was 95. You're like, Kramer, happy birthday, Faruba. It's the name of my birthday. I think it is. <laughs> I think I know my own birthday. <laughs> so... Uh, but, I remember this. But yeah, I remember this movie freaking me out. I think it, it freaked you out, right? It absolutely. This was a world that I was not privy to. People having sex and like AIDS and drugs and clubbing. It was everything well, I witnessed from afar, from the suburbs of New Jersey, that was going on forty-five minutes away from me, and that's why it was so fascinating to me. Well, I'll tell you that I skateboarding. I mean, I loved all this stuff. Why well, didn't you know? I love skateboarding, but I didn't know anything about. The, the day in the life of a I, New York City kid who's got free run over the city. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I'm kind of privy to what it was because well not not the the dark dark parts, but uh, I was privy to this because I used to fr- on a very fringe level hang out with these people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the people in the movie like um, they have Harold Hunter in it. They have this guy. This guy. Uh, or Leo Fitzpatrick is actually from West Orange, New Jersey. Yeah. Right near me. But I'm just saying. Uh, it, this is basically where all the locations and stuff is where when I was sure, seventeen and sure. sixteen we would come into the city and skateboard. Yeah, yeah. So I had a real personal, weird, like a weirdly Absolutely. personal, Absolutely. but also detached because I was like, I didn't hang out with them like that. Like right, I knew some right. of these guys. This guy, oh, what was his name? Ramirez, whatever his name was. He's in the movie, but Washington Square Park. I used to hang out with those dudes there, like around them. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. our friends would come in and we all be skateboarding. So you're adjacent to this. You, so when it came out, I was like, this is fucking crazy. You ever? You think Casper? Contracted HIV? Yeah, I do. Nah, I don't think he did. You don't think he did? Nah, he had sex with Jenny. He had sex with fucking. They, they were straight. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's very hard. To- <laughs> oh my god! Would you become a dad from the nineties? <laughs> yeah, you can. You I'm can, kidding, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know if he got. Maybe he didn't. He had sex with I her was once. Just very, very possibly. But I think the implication is, holy, you're watching it yeah, going. Of course, you're, you're going. No, this. she's got it. You're gonna get yeah. it. Yeah, it was crazy. It's, a, it's, a, it's still yeah. 
it's uh, I guess it was yeah. Once again, we have another movie. The thing about New York is that it's always kind of for at least for a while. I don't think, I don't think New York is cool anymore. It kind of was nah. an era when New York was still cool. I'll tell you what came out of that scene was Supreme. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Oh yeah, Supreme yeah, 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 was yeah. a skate shop we used to go to, and now it's a billion dollar brand. You know, whatever. Yeah. Back in the day, it was just a skate shop. That's all it was. Right. And it was on Lafayette or Houston, whatever it was. And I, I, that's what I remember from them, like going to it was place Benji's and going to Supreme and then going to the Brooklyn Banks and then. Being around it, but not being in it. Like I wasn't right. in. I didn't know them like that. But there's people in it that I that I have hung out with, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But like on a very basic level. But I, it's not the greatest movie. No. But the, the 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 subject matter. It's very New York. It's super New York. Like New York's like you know. It's, At, yeah. It's a again perfect snapshot of that time. Yeah. For that age group. I met Leo Fitzgerald, Leo Fitzgerald, right? Patrick. Pat, Pat, what? Leo Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I met him time. in a bar once. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I used to see him at, in the East Village Dimpfus, all the time. St. Dimpfus. Oh, yeah, him. sure. Uh, Close, So would you say it's like worth checking right out? Above. Would you say it's worth checking out, kids? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you, mid-90s came out. Mid-90s was a wannabe. Yeah, thing. of Mid-90s nailed the era like we talked about on I the know, podcast. it's hard to ignore how but kids But this is a either. way better movie than mid-90s. Way better movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But mid-90s, they, but this did it in the 90s. Right. Mid-90s pulled off uh, the, and it's, a, and it's a little bit of kids' light. Like, it's not as hardcore, but it's no. still, yeah. it's still kind of dark. It's LA. Yeah. It's- it's Kids West. Light. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I'll tell you, all the back then, all the trends came this way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you remember. Did you use the skateboard or you didn't? I rollerbladed more so than skateboard. I, yeah. I was always fascinated with skateboard culture. There was a skate shop in my hometown, but uh, then I, I was a hockey player and... Then I started yeah. rollerblading. I mean, I was doing rail, like going down rails and doing all that shit. That's like, at a pretty good pace. Yeah. But I never like really got beyond a kickflip, you know? Oh, on the skateboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was very basic. I was like kickflip, heel flip, 180 ollie, manual. Right, right. Yeah, I would, I would ollie up a manual. With, uh, Tim O'Connor became a professional yeah, skateboarder. Yeah, he's a big deal. Yeah, yeah he was like, lived right. three doors down from me. Oh, did he really? Yeah, and you could tell he was doing so shit. Good. Was, I we knew guys like, like that. Yeah, I know guys like that, yeah. The guy, the, the one that was his name, Anthony Papalardo, who ended up becoming pro. Right, right, right. And uh, I, didn't, I actually didn't hang out with him a lot. I didn't know him that well. But my friend, friend, my friends knew him. I knew him a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, it's right in my wheelhouse of when I was when I was a teenager. This for movie. sure, man. And it's it's definitely I'd say it's worth checking out. But but it, you know it's very it's very nineties. It's a very nineties movie. It yeah, and it was just like that thing. It was it was kids your age. Talking about the like, anal sex and Rosario Dawson was yeah you, I was you know you were in love immediately Chloe yes. Sevigny and I'm saying it I, at the time I was in love with the kid I was a kid as well saying this well you know what it is but you're from Jersey you're from Long Island it's you, what you, it's exactly like, it's like how it's like oh my god the city kids are dangerous right exactly and it kind of like it, the it, clubs I was just like if you it, had put me in that scenario I would have. I don't know. I would run out crying. Yeah, I was a, I was a, I was in Long Island. I was a sensitive little boy. I gotta get back to New Jersey Transit. <laughs> yeah, the last LIR train is at. I, I gotta be home by ten thirty. Uh, but yeah, that's the top. That's the top. That's 20, fifty through twenty six. Fifty through twenty six. The bottom half of Complex's top. Uh, New York movies, uh, and I think it's they're doing pretty good so far. I'm actually really excited to see what's in the next one. They had some, yeah, there's had a, a lot of, of great ones. favorites of mine in the top 25, and we will get to them next week. Uh, Shawnee, where are you going to be 
this weekend. Tell them where you're at, where we can find you. This weekend, uh, starting uh, this Thursday, you'll get this on the Friday that I'm there, I will be in Cra- uh, Crackers in Indianapolis, Ooh, Indiana. Baby. It's a great club. It's a fun club. Uh, if you live in the area or if you know somebody, come on out or tell your friend. Uh, I'm doing five shows. Thursday, one show. Friday, two. Saturday, two. Back to New York on Sunday. Uh, the old Thursday, one, two, two. And I am at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can listen to my show on Sirius XM Radio. Celebrate on Raw Dog 99. Oh, fantastic. By the time this comes out, yes, on Friday, I'll be uh, here in New York City. I'm in New York City for the rest of December. Big holiday month, so I'm not doing much traveling. So you can find me at the Comedy Cellar, most likely. And uh, you can always check out all my dates at andyfiori.com. You can listen to my radio show if you're a SiriusXM subscriber. Thursdays, 4 p.m., it's The Raw Report. And Andy Fiore for all your social media, Twitter, and Instagram needs, buddy. Yay! Thank you guys so much for listening. Defenders, please tell me about the, about the, the show. Uh, once again, I know we've been teasing this, but yeah. there, there, are, there is stuff you coming. You know how these things move slow. It moves, they move really slow. We're in the process of, of changing something up with the podcast, and you're going to see a lot more of us. So uh, keep listening. Spread the word. Share it online. Tell your friends. Rate and review online as please well. Please follow us and, at uh, Let us know. Let us know what you like about the podcast. Give us constructive criticism, whatever you want to do. You have, you have an idea for a segment, shoot it to us, and we'll give you credit. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.